Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Spectator Mode Podcast. This is episode 33. I'm Diego Perez, running the show this week, and with me, we got Rob, like last week. How's it going, man? Pretty good, pretty good. Good to be back. And joining us after an absence, Keith Mitchell. What's going on, man? What's up, guys? I'm back. I apologize for last week. Just a lot of real life issues going on. You know, the the life of an adult and a father and a husband. You know, those, those kind of things. Yeah, it's Super fun stuff. Fun. Super fun. <laughs> Anyways, we're going to start off the show like we always start off with the games that we have been playing. Uh, it's been a really packed week with news, but we've found some time for some video games like we always do. Uh, Keith, what have you been up to this week, video game-wise? Oh, man, I'm just so busy. I, I have a couple of obligations I need to live up to, uh, obviously. But I've been playing a lot more Destiny 2 just because Destiny 2 Shadowkeep is this upcoming Tuesday, and I'm trying to get a lot of badges or tokens for Armor 2.0. So I've been playing Crucible and doing Strikes and doing Solo Nightfalls, which I haven't done yet because I don't have a guilt, so I can't do those yet which really sucks um but outside of that that's it destiny 2 and the surge 2 and going crazy so these tokens in destiny 2 um for those of us who aren't familiar what what do they do exactly so with destiny 2 shadowkeep there's a new armor system in place that lets you mix and match your armor uh basically add certain traits to them certain attributes to accommodate your playstyle. And what these tokens do is once the update comes out, you'll be able to exchange these tokens for upgrading the armor. They haven't said exactly what we can do, but they did tell us that you can use those tokens for the armor 2.0. So before what you would do is you would get those tokens now after doing crucible or strikes and you would turn them in to get gear. But now that we're coming up to shadow keep, people have just been banking those tokens because they want to get a jump on Armor 2.0 when it comes out, which makes a lot of sense. Okay, so I, I thought you were talking about like a new thing that they added. I, I wasn't, no, no, no. Yeah, so, these yeah, these the are factions. like the regular old Crucible tokens and things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just oh, don't okay. turn them in now. Save them. Because yeah. you'll get a jump on, on uh, Armor 2.0 when it comes out this Tuesday. It's pretty much the entire, like, all the armor in Destiny 2 is going to be obsolete on Tuesday, right? Because it's going to be an entirely new system. Yeah, so that said, you know, all the, the armor mods delete all those with exception of one get some legendary shards from them and some bright dust from them speaking of that shard everything pretty much yeah, shard dismantled. everything i went in there last night and like dismantled all my eververse things because yep. you can't get bright dust from that anymore starting yep. tuesday yep everything sharded and you can always get those back with glimmer mm. and shards later on so everything that's in your inventory that's eververse get bright dust from it because once tuesday comes you won't be able to do that ever again Shard it all. I'm guessing next week we'll hear a lot about Shadow Keep from you. All right. I took off Tuesday. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> I will be. I'm gonna get up. I'm gonna say, kids, go to school. Wife, go to work. I'm gonna wait for the servers to come back on. Hopefully, they come online. I'm gonna sit here. I'm probably gonna stream it. But yes, I will be playing Shadow Keep. Wow, that's that sounds like it's gonna be quite a day. I love the fact that we're finally going back to the moon. I I played a lot of the first Destiny. I loved it. Loved the moon. I love Cosmodrome. Hopefully we get to go back to that because we did go back to that in Destiny 2 for uh, the Thunderlord weapon. I don't know if you guys have played yeah. Destiny 2. Aren't they Epic adding the first mission from like the original Destiny into Destiny 2 for all the new light players? I don't know. I, I could have sworn I saw something about that. Like if but, you're making a new Guardian, it'll start you off with the whole awakening sequence from the beginning of the first game. I don't know if they're going to do that. Probably not because all new players 
are getting bumped to 750 from the from the get-go everybody yeah and that that helps me so much because like i main a hunter but like my my titan and warlock are so so far behind and now i can actually have other characters that i can play on without yeah because yeah because i i used to play a titan and then i tried the warlock and i fell in love with the warlock so my titan's just sitting there I haven't really done anything with my Titan. And every time I go to the screen, like, I'm going to play with my Titan. Then I'm like, no, I don't feel like doing all this work again. So hopefully existing players that are under 750 also get bumped up. Because if not, then I'm deleting her yeah. and bringing her back. Yeah, that would yeah. be very nice. Because I was kind of hoping to just, like, jump in. It was just, like, a hard reset because I haven't played the game in months. Um, I got it when it was free on Battle.net. And so I was like, yeah, I'll just pick it up and... And so I played for a bit, and I was like, I got addicted again because I love the first game. I was like, I'll just play Warlock again. Um, so, yeah, I'm debating whether I want to install it again just to remove all the Eververse stuff. Well, it's going to be free. You'll get a lot more content than with just the vanilla game. And then you'll get a bunch oh, of 750. Yeah. It's like a clean slate for everybody. Yeah, and the arms yeah pretty much. Reworked. I mean, if, if you are on the fence about Destiny 2, come Tuesday, you have no reason to not jump in, I think. Yeah. Speaking, Speaking of which, great. I need to buy my Moments of Triumph shirt. Because I've got oh, did you that. Get enough, um, yeah, yeah. For it? And I need to buy that shirt because if I don't buy it, I won't be able to get it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Rob, what have you been up to this week? Uh, yeah. So I um, played a little bit of the Ghost Recon Breakpoint beta, which we'll hop into. Um, yeah, we'll get into that bit. later in the yeah. show. Um, what else have we been playing? I have subconsciously decided to play uh, Need for Speed Most Wanted 2005. Oh, um, in preparation for being disappointed by Need for Speed Heat when that comes out. Uh, <laughs> um, no, I'm sure it'll be a great game, but I I <laughs> have always been disappointed by every single release after Most Wanted, for the most part, just because that game is fantastic. And even if you don't like racing games, it's a game that you should play because it's just like perfect, perfect for exactly what it is. It's just like this like 90s street race culture bonanza and it's just like the the voice acting and just like fmv cutscenes are absurd and they're like the characters are hilarious but at the same time like it has like one of the most like perfectly balanced like uh cop versus racer like dynamic in any of the games that from need for speed it's just it's it's so much fun the difficulty picks up at such a perfect pace and like actually getting into chases is, is like it gets difficult the higher you get up like to the point where it's like you have to really think about where you're going or otherwise you can't you will get destroyed it, it's it's like it's so much fun and i love it and i hopped back in for no reason earlier this week and i was like ah, i'll just uh do the story again because i love that game so rob let me ask you this need for okay. speed heat comes out the same day as death stranding which are you playing first <laughs> But I will probably keep it on the wish list or whatever and pick it up maybe like a week after and and see what it's like. I mean, I am just wary, cautious, as I always am with a Need for Speed game coming out. Uh, So we'll see. Um, Obviously, I'll probably be Death Stranding as soon as that comes out. But the (laughs) week after, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Anything else so, other than Breakpoint and uh, Need for Speed this week? Uh, let me see. I, I don't think so. I don't think Blowing I really down the Minecraft grind. I did play Minecraft a little bit over this weekend, even though I said I wouldn't. Um, and so I, I did, I did all right. I stopped at a relatively reasonable time, and I was like, all right, no more. So 
but yes, I'm still playing that. My realm is still doing well, and I'm uh, preparing for a fortress build at some point. So that'll be great. That'll be great. <laughs> I haven't been playing too many games this week, actually, myself. I mean, obviously, I've been playing games because I always play games, but it's been really busy at school. But I found time to play the medieval demo that dropped after State of Play. And um, I'm sorry to all you medieval fans out there, but I stand by everything I said in the last episode. This remake feels completely and utterly pointless. I don't understand why they're remaking this game. Um, it's not like Crash or Spyro, where there's an entire trilogy that you can make. I don't even think I don't think Medieval comes anywhere close to those games. Um, it looks great. It's got kind of the same art style as Crash and Spyro do. Like the team remaking this, like they did a good job at remaking the game. It's just I have a problem with the base game itself, and you really can't improve upon that. It's it feels like a PS1 game and not in a good way. So I don't know if I'm going to be playing that game when it comes out. I mean, it's only half price, so I might pick it up. But yeah, have you guys um, touched the demo at all? No. Or are I'm, you planning on it? I haven't played it. I don't plan on playing it. I'm still confused as to why they thought they should remake this game in the first place. Kind of. Yeah. It's the same boat. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, it's just functionally like a kind of like a brawler. Yeah, like the combat isn't great, and that's really all you kind of do in this game. It's not really a collect-a-thon, so... I don't, I don't, it just, this game feels like it should have just stayed on the PS1. I know it's, <laughs> it's a PlayStation franchise and it's, a lot of people hold it very dear to their hearts, but like, this is not like an all time great. There are other greats out there that need to be remade. And uh, as far as what I said in the last podcast, yeah, that's, that's about it with Medieval. Since, uh, since also, you said that, since you said that real quick, before you go further, if they did remake a game that is worthy of remake, Ape what Escape. game should it have been? Ape Escape, what? hands down. Oh god, here we All go. All three of them. <laughs> Where is Ape Escape, Sony? You own the IP, you're sitting on it. Those monkeys print money. Just make the games. But that yeah. I'm not going to rant about Ape Escape any further. I've done this before. You've many, done it many plenty times of times. Yes. <laughs> I will probably do it again in the future. I just miss Ape Escape. <laughs> but I've also I was going I was going to say Warhawk. I missed that game. Oh man, yeah, Starhawk too. Starhawk came out and died. Yeah, because it came out like right before the PS3 um, got replaced by the PS4. It was just really bad timing. And yep. it had an online pass. Remember those? Those were like, why? Who thought that was a great idea? <laughs> oh, there were a lot of bad ideas throughout gaming history. They were just another one of those that just were like, mm, yeah, let's probably not do that. And the, the like transition period between the last generation and this generation was such a weird time. There were so many... Ideas that didn't really pan out the way companies wanted them to. Yeah, anyway, well, I've been playing the Breakpoint beta like Rob, and I know Keith, you've had a little, little bit of hands-on time with it, not much. Yeah, but about half save, an hour. I'm going to save that discussion for later because I do want to go really, really in depth on Breakpoint and just everything about that game. Um, other than that, I haven't. I hopped into Minecraft, but I think Rob talked enough about that in the last hey. episode. That yeah. game is it holds up incredibly well. Um, Minecon is going on. They announced a bunch of bunch of uh updates like the nether is getting its first like major overhaul since launch which is really really cool the you nether, spawn I feel like, is... there now too yep you can say yeah. spawn there oh can you really yeah yeah use a bed or like is there a new thing because the beds explode no nether. like uh world spawn i think is um you can put it there oh okay yeah yeah but i feel like the nether is the most underappreciated area of minecraft and it's there's not really any points to go there once you get like the the necessary materials that you get like blaze rods or like netherrack the the basic yeah. things so it's cool they're adding new biomes and things like that to the nether um, so that's it for all the games I've been playing. Pretty yeah, light this week. Yeah, super light. I mean, there's just been a lot of news this week, um, but nothing really out. We're in a in a bit of a slump right now because we had 
everything from the tail end of the summer and now we're in a weird period before like the big triple a fall releases start to come out and they're about to start hitting like next week so oh, yeah. what do you mean yeah. start they already started like i said the surge two, uh coving yeah but those are like, last week you know those are smaller titles than like the stuff that's going to come out like modern warfare yeah Recon, outer world even though it's kind of small like death stranding everything all the big stuff triple a it's triple a season Hope you guys have a lot of vacation time stayed up because you're going to need it. Yeah. I, I'll just skip class, man, on, on the real. <laughs> it's crazy yeah. how many games are coming out. It's like yeah. It was like beginning of the year. It's like, here's a lot of games. Slow down. Summer was like, all right, we've got some here and there. And now it's like, Poof. Yeah, they all yeah. drop it like once, too. Mid-October, like October 25th specifically because you have Call of Duty Modern Warfare, yep. The Outer Worlds. And then, like, for me, I watch BoJack Horseman on Netflix. The final season is dropping that same day. So I'm, <laughs> I'm conflicted three ways. Like, what do I do? Both at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, and we also got the Dragon Quest that came out for the Switch, which I'm hearing great news. I'm, I'm really thinking about picking that up now. Yeah. I'm Are you talking about 11 to. or the, the, three, the first three that came out? 11. Because I played, I played on, so on the PC that. and I stopped. But it's like the Switch version, the definitive version, has everything that the PC version has. Plus and more. And more. It's like it's got all the 3DS content from Japan in it. Yep. It's like I need to probably and play this. scenes and like new party member dialogue and stuff. Like I, I haven't finished Dragon Quest Eleven. I played it on PS4, but I'm like 30 to 40 hours in, so I'm like pretty significant time dump with that game. Um, the music yeah. is my. It's, it's so grating to me. Like I just, it's on a PS4. It should have an orchestral soundtrack, not this MIDI stuff. But now the Switch is getting this definitive edition a year later. Like I don't want to pay sixty dollars for this game and start over again. But you will. You likely will. I don't know. It's a really busy fall. I don't know if I'll have the time for it. Maybe if it drops on sale, like for for like Black Friday or something, I might. But I, I'm still holding out for the PS4 to get like a twenty to thirty dollar expansion with all the stuff in it. I don't think that's gonna happen. It'd be it nice if it won't. did, but I don't think it'll happen. Yeah, I'm thinking about picking it up just because I've been kind of waiting for this definitive edition to come out anyway. Um, so I, I'm pretty excited for it. I like Dragon Quest. Um, probably. Is much as the next guy so well not that much but <laughs> i like jumping in every once in a while and i i enjoy the games like I, I love playing through uh eight and stuff so i'm probably gonna hop in and just you know play it kind of casually just go in and out as i'm playing other things yeah. too but uh yeah all right so uh gentlemen what do we want to talk about first because there's a lot of stuff that we want to talk about this week or did you want to jump right into Breakpoint as starting no, out? We're, we're going to save the Breakpoint discussion for a little bit later. I want to discuss some of the new stuff that dropped this week. And we have a really long outline, long more so than, than normally this week. Uh, Keith, I know you wanted to talk about this NVIDIA broadcast engine they, they debuted oh, at yeah. TwitchCon. What's all this about? Oh, yeah. So right before TwitchCon started, or maybe the first day of TwitchCon, NVIDIA announced some new technology called RTX Broadcast Engine. Now, as you can imagine... The RTX means it's for their new RTX line of cards, so the 2060, 2070, 2080, both the regular vanilla cards, the Super, and the TI. So this new technology requires the tensor cores on the RTX cards. And at TwitchCon, they showed off some of this technology at uh, OBS's booth. Now, they haven't made a formal announcement about this, but there was a user on Twitter, and I forgot the name, I think Sombrero, Sombrero, Sombrero GG posted a video of it show, saying, hey, this is the new technology in, in action. And what he did is he recorded the, the um, a person in the webcam without a green screen. But when you look at the recording, it looks like there was no green screen there whatsoever. It was perfect without a green screen. Now, I know a lot of people were like, 
Well, Exploit has this technology called v- VCAM, and Logitech C922 cameras also do this. But being blunt, they suck. They, they're they not very good. They're CPU intensive. They don't do a good job. Sometimes the artifact, sometimes the image is not how it's supposed to be. However, what they showed off at TwitchCon looked amazing. And from everything that I'm seeing so far from what he said and a couple other people, it's very low CPU utilization because it uses the dedicated GPU. It doesn't lose track of the person and it does a great job. Now, this is due to the AI that NVIDIA is using with this new technology. We don't know when it's coming to OBS. I've already sent them like five emails asking, hey, when's it coming out? Hey, are you looking for beta people? I have two RTX cards. I would love to test it out, but I haven't got a reply back yet. Uh, needless to say, the tech inside me, the geek inside me, is geeking out about this because this is this is big. For those who have RTX cards, this basically means you won't need a green screen at yeah, all. It looks, from, from the short clip that's available, it looks incredibly impressive. Yes, yes. I'm very excited about that. It does stink that it requires an RTX card, but at least you're now getting more use out of those cards because the RTX line hasn't had a great history. NVIDIA brought them out. You know, the GTX 1080 Ti card was still good. The 2060 and the 2070 weren't really the best performers. The 2080 wasn't stellar, and then they were overpriced, and they came out with the supercars that were cheaper and made a lot of people who had the original cars mad. And then again, there still wasn't a lot of games that that utilized RTX or ray tracing, but it's nice to see that this is an added functionality piece to those cards that if you're a streamer, if you're a content creator, you can make use of this. Yeah, I in particular, I mean, I think that it's it's something that they might roll out with the RTX cards and then eventually start supporting all, older cards. I mean, I don't think they will. It, it it does require the tensor core, so what they're saying, so it won't. Yeah. Now they okay. did say the same thing, ray tracing, but they want and enable ray tracing on the older cards just to prove a point. Because if you tried to use ray tracing on the older 1060s, the 1070s, the 1080s, they simply did not run very well. Like you're looking at five to six frames per second it was bad yeah and they pretty much went hey see you can't we can use do these it. old cards it's not usable we can you know get the new <laughs> cards that'll run at a playable frame rate right so yeah the rtx cards are in a really weird position right now nvidia is fighting itself because amd's recent card was not the performer that people wanted it to be i mean it's a great card the 5700 and 5700 xt but when you're looking at power for performance and pc gaming nvidia's got it hands down so RTX cards are really a sore subject. I think more and more people are starting to embrace them because they're the only game in town. NVIDIA doesn't make the older cards anymore. And funny story, since the GTX 1080 cards are no longer being made, I was able to sell my 1080 GTX Ti uh, about a week ago. I put it up for sale on eBay, totally forgot about it, came back, and it sold for like $500. I was like, wow, I forgot that i was selling this card long story short i ended up picking up the rtx 2080 super because they sell for like 6.99 so i only had to put 200 dollars towards it but i had also purchased uh before that a week before that a philips hughes bridge and the like because i wanted to test it out and it sat on my my desk for like two weeks i'm like eh, it's 130 dollars for these lights i don't know if i want to keep this so i was able to pick up the rtx 2080 super 
for a steal because I returned the other stuff. And I was like, oh, I didn't get to pay like $50. Yeah, I win. Nice. I win. Man, my I wife didn't kill me. I can't wait until like ray tracing and all these new like RTX features are supported, like more widespread. It's, I think once like consoles start to adopt them, like every, because really only a select few games have ray tracing support. And like a lot of the support in those games isn't even that great. Right. But, like I've seen like control running with ray tracing and that game is more gorgeous than it already is with ray tracing on. And I mean, the PlayStation 5 and the next Xbox are reportedly going to support some form of ray tracing or at least be able to do it. And I feel like, because de- developers cater to the console audiences. They're gonna, exactly. Yeah. Once once consoles can do it, it'll become widespread and supported right. all the places. And, and that's, that's what I've been awesome. saying. I said that in the past. I said, you know, ray tracing on PC is great. It's going to be better than anything the console can do. But the majority of gamers are on console. Until ray tracing is embraced on consoles, you're going to see games with them on PC, but not common. You, you, when you see them more on the, on the PlayStation 5, whatever the hell they call it, and the new Xbox, then... Will you will see them on the PC? The downside, the problem with this is both the new consoles are using AMD chipsets, and AMD is not ready for ray tracing. Yeah, and all the other pre- previous ones have been AMD. I think actually yeah. the Switch is the only one has like the, Nvidia the chip. Yeah, it's yeah. a Tegra, and it's a leftover board because they made too many boards for the uh, Nvidia Shield. Whoops! <laughs> Ouch. Yeah, I I feel like that's why the rtx cards are so expensive and like i feel like if you pick one up you have to pick it up with the fact that you're an early adopter in mind it's it's the same way i view vr like if you bought an oculus rift at launch there's not a lot of content the headset itself is expensive it requires an expensive pc and the games are going to be at a premium because you're an early adopter and that's it's just natural with this kind of tech not to mention that if you buy a certain headset they might phase out ahead of time yeah, and make you feel like crap in a second <laughs> man all right um but- uh, Keith, I know you mentioned you were playing the search too earlier. Yes, yes. All right, so and I you wanted to do talk- a little mini yeah. review of it before before your official written review goes up on the outerheaven.net. Which won't be for another couple of days because there's just so much stuff I'm trying to, you know, just put it in the right. But it will be there, so be on the lookout for that if you are listening. So for those who listen to the podcast, you may or may not know that I am a big fan of the Soulsborne games and games that try to emulate that. So Dark Souls, Demon Souls, God, I wish there was a remake of that, remaster, Bloodborne. The Surge, Doors of the Fallen. God, that game was terrible. Anyway, so I loved the hell out of The Surge. I was pretty much one of the biggest advocates of the game when it first came out when people were saying the game was crap. And eventually people started saying, hey, this game is great. Well, I finally started to play The Surge 2. And it's pretty much more the same with the first game. It's great. It's a fun game. The combat system has been tweaked. Um, there are some changes in there that I don't like. There are a lot of changes that I do like. Like, for example... When you're fighting somebody now, in the first game, you could wear them down to the point where you can dismember them to take off an arm or a leg or their head or their torso to get parts to build gear for yourself. They changed it. Now you have to wear down a particular part before you can dismember it. For example, if I'm fighting a guy and I'm banging on his head and hitting his head and it finally says, okay, you can dismember his head. In the first game, you can go, no, I don't want to do the head. I want to do his left arm because his left arm has a piece of gear. If you change to the left arm, it goes, nope, sorry, you didn't wear that down. And if you hit the left arm, you will kill the person. It makes you rethink your strategy on how you want to gear up your character. They also added a directional block, which is actually really cool. Easiest way to explain it is basically if you hold the block button, you now can do a 360 degree block. You can block your head, you can block left to right of your arms, or you can block your legs. 
and there is a there's a, a module that you can use that tells you hey the attacks coming from this direction or this direction or whatever it's basically to help you get used to realizing where the attacks come from it's sort of like a god what is that game forgetting it now the game from ubisoft the fighting game uh or the source yes it's just like that exactly like how they do on that system and if you happen to block it correctly you get the stagger person and get some extra hits in and it does really nice animation that's pretty much it. Everything else is pretty much the same. The, so what? This is a Souls like, right? Yes, very what, much a Souls like. What separates this from other games in the genre? Is it the dismemberment system and the upgrade system? The dismemberment system, the upgrade system, and now the directional blocking. So this is a full price game, right? Yes, it is. You think it's worth full price? <sighs> okay, let's let's. If you are a fan of Souls like games, is it worth full price? Yes. If you are a regular casual gamer, is it worth full price? No, it All is right. not. It I is feel not. like that's that's telling of what this game is and who it's for. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's it's again, it's it's a great game. They do a lot of good things, but there are just so many issues that carried over from the first game. For example, uh, the targeting system. You can target a limb, the head, the torso with somebody, but if you're fighting them, sometimes the targeting system does some really weird stuff and you target the leg and somehow it ends up on the arm and if the person turns around you're trying to get to the left leg and the camera is obscured and you can't see left leg you can't target left leg even though you should be able to target the leg at the same time if you get into a fight with multiple people and you're trying to target a certain position on a person it doesn't always work at the same time if you're fighting certain bosses that are pretty massive and you're trying to target a certain limb or a certain piece of the boss. It just you're, It's like you're fighting the system. And it's like, look, I'm trying to target this part. And it's like, okay, that's nice, but I can't let you do that, Dave. <laughs> or when so, you're fighting more peop- multiple people, sometimes the camera angle just goes wonky. And you're like, where where am I facing? What's going on? That also kind of sounds like Dark Souls, not going to lie. <laughs> but but uh, From Software yeah. has, a, has it nailed down to a point. The early games yeah. had a lot of issues, but they've gotten better with it. And here... It just causes so many issues that it causes a lot of deaths that could have been prevented if the camera system, the camera was a little more focused. Uh, there's a lot more gear, obviously, this time around. The weapons are a lot better. The weapons have some really cool uses. Like, a lot of the weapons in this game are, remind me of the trick weapons from Bloodborne. Ooh, that has a lot of, actually. A lot of the weapons have uh, alternative ways of attacking. Like, there's an axe that you can use but if you charge it it will do it'll turn the two axes and it'll do a, a couple attacks and then it'll go right back to a single axe there's a lot of weapons that do different functions uh it's a lot faster than the first one too it's still so very clunky would, would you say faster. that this is a significant improvement over the first game or is this yes. more of the same no okay. it's definitely an improvement over the first one it definitely is it's just if you're a fan of the series of the genre then you'll love it. But if you're, again, a casual, you're going to look at it and go, well, this looks just like the first one. And it does. You know, yeah, outside it, it's of the that. smaller improvements that you can really appreciate if, yeah. you, if you know what you're, if you're experienced with the genre. Exactly. I mean, it's a, it's a good game. Um, I will say that sometimes fighting, I just go into auto mode and it's like, yeah, no, blah, blah, blah. I do this, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Which is kind of frustrating for me because I love the first one so much. And I like this one too, but it's not like, oh my God, I got to play of like yeah, this yeah. whole sci-fi souls kind of thing. Yeah, it has. Yeah. The dismemberment system is nice, but it, it 
it only keeps your attention for so much. And it's like, I don't even care. And the directional block is nice and all. It's great when you're fighting bosses. But when I'm fighting regular enemies, I don't even time. I don't even do it because nine times out of ten, a regular block would do just fine. Or if you dodge out of the way of the attack, because most of the attacks are telegraph. It's like you're wasting your time. I'm curious because you um you said at one point that it was faster because I I'm this is coming from somebody who kind of likes Dark Souls. I like Bloodborne and I liked Sekiro a lot. You said it was faster. Is it like in comparison closer to Sekiro than it is to like no. Dark Souls? Or okay, no. so it's more like a calculated slower. Is it more well, like a Souls to Bloodborne kind of comparison when you're talking about speed or like? Because Bloodborne's okay. like still kind of slow, like Souls, but it's it's definitely faster than Dark Souls. I think. It's yeah. faster than the first surge, which was clunky and slower. Um, if I had to compare it to a to a uh, from software game, I, I would probably say it's closer to Bloodborne. Definitely a lot closer to Bloodborne. Okay. Well, that's nice to hear that this game is is solid. I mean, it's not going to light the world on fire, but I don't think it needs to. This is a game for a very specific audience, and I'm glad that it's it's, it's not doing to that well. audience. It's oh, not is doing it not? well. Uh, the weeb, the weebos. The Wafus, that is, Covain is killing it because of the character creator. But I Everybody's... thought Covain, like wasn't that great. It's the, gotten better. I'm be honest, the only positive press I've seen about Covain is the character creator. And that's not exactly... I don't go into a Souls like looking to create a character. That's the, that's the problem. A lot of people are. Um, I was looking at a report yesterday. I think they said on Steam they had like 22,000 people online yesterday. People are playing it, uh, and, and it's, it's doing like, pretty good. Critically, it's not doing that well, though. Like, reviews aren't coming in too hot, though, I don't think. The game is a 70 on Metacritic. Yeah, it's not that but, much hey, better. Man, people on... buy anime games. Jump Force sold like crazy, and that game is awful. And that's the problem. The anime yeah. is killing it. If you put The Surge 2 against Cold Vein, The Surge 2 is a better game. But because you can make your favorite anime characters and do all sorts of weird stuff and make 2B from uh, <laughs> Nier Automa and other stuff, People are doing that. They're spending their time on the character creator, which isn't really that good. I think it's, a good character creator is a nice way to like, it's like a guerrilla marketing thing kind of thing. Because if you make characters from other things in a character creator, people are going to share those screenshots and they're going to go viral. And people are going to, the game will be in, in front of a lot more people instead of if you're going to have like a basic marketing campaign for this game. I feel yeah. like Soul Calibur did a lot better than it normally would have because of its character creator. Like people were showing off their, their crazy custom fighters during the first week of that game. And it really piqued my interest in that game. I never, I didn't pick it up eventually, but yeah. I don't think it would have had as much of an impact without that character creator. Yeah, as someone who played a lot of Soul Calibur when they first <clears throat> implemented the character creator and stuff, like I played a lot of the online, like a majority of the online was just custom characters because, like, not not that that game's like a super casual anyway, but it's just like a lot of people would just like they just prefer to create their own style. They could pick whatever you know character or like fighter archetype they wanted so a lot of the time it's just like custom people anyway so I, I it definitely speaks to when games have a character creator that more people kind of flock to it just because i don't know people get more connected to something that they make rather than something that they're forced to use you know yeah but yeah getting back to this first too it is a good game again i think it's a better game than cold Dane, and it should be doing a lot better but again even though cold Vane has certain novelties that people enjoy at the end of the day it's still a soulsborne type game and those have a unique audience they're not going to beat like the last of us or gears of war 5 or gears 5 or you know more popular games they're an acquired taste and i do enjoy i just wish it was a little better than what it is it's still a good game if you like that kind of stuff well, that's nice to hear so, Oculus Connect was this week. 
And you All right, this know, one, I'm tuning out. How about I, hey, okay, well, I'm going to have to bring you back in in a second for, for something that I'm going to get into. But you guys know that I love VR. And um, there were some pretty substantial announcements this week, more like big, bigger things than I was expecting. So the Oculus Quest launched earlier this year at Oculus Connect. They announced Oculus <sighs> So the Quest launched alongside the Oculus Rift S, which is a, like a revision of the original Rift, which is the one you plug into your PC and you can play cool PC VR games and... It's a VR headset like you would expect. They're the same price, and they use the same tracking method, and they have the same controllers. It's just if you want portability or power, that's the choice. Oculus Link lets you plug your, your Quest into a PC using a USB-C cable, which the Quest comes with one as a charger, and you can play PC games. Uh-oh. The Oculus Rift S <laughs> is dead in the water. It only launched a few months ago in May alongside the Quest, and people picked that up because they wanted a PC VR experience, and they traded off the, the portability they can get from the Quest in favor of this more powerful desktop experience. But now you can get both with the Quest, which makes the Rift S completely obsolete. The only difference is like the uh, Rift S is like a slightly higher refresh rate and it's, it's only like eight hertz higher. So it's not that big of a deal. This is but, crazy. I wait, I thought you had to buy the cable. No, no, no. It's, it's the Oculus Link is like a software. Oh, okay. It, you just use a USB-C okay, cable okay. to connect the, the headset itself. I'm, to, the I, 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 to be honest with you, I blew all that off because I got pissed off. Because it's yeah, like, because Keith, you picked up an Oculus Rift S instead of a Quest earlier this year, didn't you? <laughs> it's like, still sitting in that box, isn't it? Now I have no reason to take it out of the box. Sell it. I'm, I'm telling you right now to sell that thing before before Oculus Link drops. You can put it on eBay and be like, here you go. I would love to take it back to Best Buy. Like, hey, you know, I never opened this thing. You know, let's just sit yeah. here. <laughs> just sell a brand new sealed soon. Rift S. Just get rid of it, please. <laughs> I can't yeah. believe that they would do that to the, and. Uh, <laughs> You know, I know you're going to keep talking about it, but I, I went on Twitter and still had a bunch of other people and were like, hey, Facebook, hey, Oculus, what's going on with the Rift they S? They didn't mention the Rift S at all at OC6. Nope. nope. Not once. Not that a once. done. It's dead. Obsolete within a few months. It's so weird. It hasn't even it been a just, year. They just straight up drop it. Like, Yeah. Another thing is like the they, I mentioned they both use the same tracking solution. They have cameras embedded on the headset that can see the controllers in front of you and orient yourself in, in a space. The Oculus Quest is getting hand tracking next year. So you can... You ditch the wires if you get a quest. Uh. You can ditch the controllers. <laughs> it's just the headset. Yeah. But the thing is, the Rift S has the same cameras that track. It should get the same technology, theoretically. They didn't mention it coming to the Rift S. It's only nope. the quest. Yep. So this thing's double dead in the water. Yeah. As a consumer, as somebody who wanted to get into VR and a consumer who bought the Rift S, I feel so, so frustrated right now. It's... I'd be so mad. I mean, the only reason I still have my original Rift is because the Quest couldn't do, like, PC stuff, but now I'm going to sell my Rift. There's there no even, reason to have one. Have they even, like, remotely made a statement about this They said at all? nothing. They said nothing. At all. nothing. They're radio silent. That's so weird. I, I also think it's a testament to how well the Quest is doing because this thing blew up in ways I did not think it would. I was excited as a VR enthusiast because it's wireless VR, and I can take it with me wherever I go. Mainstream people are loving their quests. I'm just curious if people are going to do, I know this is probably a long stretch, but I'm wondering if people are going to do a law, uh, class action lawsuit. Like, look, you made us be surprised. You said this is going to be supported and then you pretty much killed it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I could certainly get to that point. That wouldn't be surprising at all. The Rift S is still going to be a more premium experience when you're playing PC games compared to the quest. But I think the trade-off of being able to unplug and unplug from that PC is more than worth the trade-off. That's the thing for me is that I've always held out on VR because of that reason, because of the wires and everything like that. So I think it being a more premium experience may not even influence people to get it. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, granted, at because this the point Quest now, is still premium. Like, the, yeah. I'm going to be honest with you. I have only used my Rift maybe once since I got the Quest. And I used to use the Rift like weekly. 
Yeah. And my PSVR, I don't even want to plug that in because you got to use the move controllers and the PlayStation camera. Oh, and it's yeah. a hassle. The Quest, I just put it on and I'm playing Beat Saber. It's that simple. Yeah. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that makes me want to actually like try VR now. I mean, I, I tried Well, you definitely before, should. Like, VR has come a long way. Yeah. But this this situation right now, it's just it's a bad look and as <clears throat> as we said before, yeah. they haven't said anything and everybody's just getting up in arms about this. If you go to the Oculus Rift subreddit, everybody's like, "So everyone's Ooh. mad, yeah." It's like I just <laughs> bought this I just brought this thing like a month ago and now you're telling me that it's dead and I can't do anything and they're not saying anything and it's like yeah, that's exactly what's happening. And, and to your point, because like they've announced so many Oculus Rift exclusives, like Asgard's Wrath and Stormland, which are coming out in the next few months. But now they're calling it the Rift family or the Rift platform, meaning like that's they were always very, very. Yeah. They wouldn't outright deny you could play it on your Quest when people asked if it was coming to Quest, but they were like, it's on the Rift only for now. Yeah. But like you can play Rift games on your Quest now. And like you were saying, even though the Rift S does offer a premium experience the whole portability thing trumps it. Some VR enthusiasts are going to get angry at what I'm about to say, but I feel like there is literally zero reason to buy any other VR headset on the market, including the Valve Index. Because I feel uh, like, look, totally the, Valve, for the, the Valve Index is $1,000 and it's a premium experience. But I That is like, an enthusiast headset. That though. is an enthusiast headset, but I feel like the Quest for 400 and it's portable and wireless, why would you buy an Index? Unless you want the, the Knuckles controllers, which I feel like that is the only reason but the Quest is getting hand tracking in a free update. There's no reason to buy anything other than the Quest, I think. And Facebook Horizons is coming, which I, I don't know how I feel about that being attached to Facebook. But it's the Oasis from Ready Player One. It is literally that. You can create yes, it any is. space you, you want. And there are games out, out there right now that do that, like Rec Room and VR Chat. But this is like premium. This is AAA. And this is going to be available on every Quest, every Rift, probably every VR device if you can run Revive or something that lets you access the Oculus Store. But this is within the first few months of the quest coming out. We have these heavy hitting announcements happening. It's insane. Anyway, yeah, buy a quest. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's my whole point. Buy not. And then I'm like, and I'm like, Stormland's gonna look so good. You know, you tell me to buy it on the get a quest, and it's like, but I was looking for this premium experience. And the thing is, like, some Oculus exclusives, like there's one coming out later this year. I forget the name, but you're like a military stealth guy in a canoe the whole time. That's gonna be yeah. quest as well. What was that? We were just talking about that not too long ago. What I is what, I forget the name. Oh yeah, what is it called? God, there was but a... like that's gonna be on Quest anyway. So I was gonna buy it on Quest, but stuff like Stormland and, and Asgard's Wrath, and now Medal of Honor that Respawn's making, I'm like, oh, I have to plug in the Rift for that. No, I don't. I just gotta plug in my Quest to my PC. Yeah. With one cable, it's that simple. You can just buy a longer cable if you don't like the tether. Like it's crazy <sighs> how modular this thing is. All in one day, the Quest became twice as a uh, twice as useful. Yep. It's and the Rift Dash just went until yeah, they say something. <laughs> and the thing that's really upsetting me and again everybody else is the fact that they're just so radio silent right now they're like they're not saying anything they, at, at the very least they can come out and say you know what it's not getting finger tracking yes we're not going to support this anymore something but they're saying unless they come out with nothing like, their own knuckles controller that only works with the rift s i don't see any reason yeah. to get a rift s but the crazy thing is like the only argument I can see against this is like, oh, if you want the Rift version, you have to buy the Rift version. And you, if you want to play it on your Quest, you have to be tethered and play it as a Rift. But most first-party games are cross-buy, so you get them on both. So there's no drawback to doing any of this. Yeah, there is none. There literally yeah. is no reason. I think you're hurting yourself if you buy anything else. The Vibe's not even a question anymore. Like, what, what are you doing? Vibe Cosmos is still wired. Like, what? Why? Why would you do this? Get wireless VR. You'll hear back from me whenever Asgard's Wrath comes out or something cool <laughs> comes out. Um, I just want to play Stormlands. Only, oh man, Stormlands is going to be so great. 
That wasn't Oculus Connect wasn't the only uh like press conference we had this week. State of Play happened on Tuesday, and we got some pretty. Whoa, 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 whoa. before you go, before you go, to State of Play, I want to back out real quick. I still want to talk about VR. You, oh, okay. you totally what? skipped over uh, the the Medal of Honor coming to to VR. It's uh, a brand new game. Oh yeah, the first VR AAA FPS ever, but made yes. by Respawn, and it's Medal of Honor, and it has a full ten to twelve hour twelve hour campaign and a mm. full multiplayer suite. Have you watched the videos? I've watched, tested uh-huh. somebody else, and it looks like oh my god, yes. I, this this hey, could I, be I, the I VR shooter. It. No, you don't. Because like the more I read about it, it's like they have like fifty levels, but they're like smaller like experience levels, and the difficulty didn't sound too too hard, and it's not very challenging. Alongside the campaign, I don't know if it can be competitive. Oh no, I don't, don't do if, that. I don't know if the gameplay itself is going to be able to carry the experience. I, I some of the single player stuff they showed looks cool, like putting the record on to coordinate that attack with music, or like climbing the the a cliff face, like the Modern Warfare Two cliffhanger mission that looked cool. But I don't know if the gameplay itself stand on its own. Which it's weird that I'm saying that because Respawn is making it, and I I trust them. But outside of an experience, I don't know if this is going to be like a, a good enough game. You know what I'm saying? Which did you did bad. you check out? Did you watch the video from Test It? Yeah, I saw it. Uh-huh. The gameplay it looks. It, the problem is there are other VR shooters that I've played. Like yeah, you played sure a few. This is going to be the highest quality one, I think, with the highest production values. It's just the the problem with a lot of the Rift first party titles that I've seen, they are very very shallow in terms of depth because they want people to buy a Rift and for the first time and never have never touched VR and play these games and be able to have fun with them. Like the AI that I've seen, they just kind of stand there. And I don't know how I feel about that. I I want these intense challenging VR experiences. I don't want like shooting galleries if that makes any sense. No, there's a lot of so sense. many of them. But I trust Respawn. I'm sure they'll have harder difficulties. Uh, multiplayer and VR, like Dead and Buried, is a game on Rift that does not get enough attention. It's like a Western multiplayer shooter kind of thing. Dead and Buried Two is a lot like Quake. No one plays it though, which is sad. Competitive uh, FPSs can work in VR. It's just you have to make some trade-offs, and I don't know if they're willing to do that if they're trying to make this like an entry point for VR. Yeah, especially if it's like if you're coming from like playing shooters on a console or PC or whatever, like you're so used to how they how they may play like a Modern Warfare or Battlefield or whatever, and then all of a sudden if you come to uh, like a like a VR shooter just in general, and if it just feels like even slightly scaled back, you're gonna be like, well, not well, it's scaled back because I'm gonna but... I'm gonna point to probably my favorite VR FPS of all time, Firewall Zero Hour on PlayStation VR. That game is obviously more scaled back than something like, say, um, Modern Warfare, but the way that VR enhances that experience so much, like, if, if you throw a flash, if you get flashbanged in that game, you're done. Like, it is, you cannot see. Like, in Modern Warfare, it'll, it'll run off in, like, a second, and you can, like, kind of see through your vision, but you are blinded. Or, like, smoke grenades are an actual threat. You can blind fire around corners just by holding your gun around the corner. Yeah. And the stuff they're doing with Medal of Honor, like, you can pull the pin on a grenade with your teeth. Like, that's cool. It's going to open so many more like possibilities and avenues. Yeah. Like if you play Pavlov, you can sneak. It's like VR Counter-Strike if you're unfamiliar with that game. Okay. You can sneak up behind somebody and pull the magazine out of their gun so they can't shoot you. <laughs> like right. you can do cool things in VR. It's just I don't know if they're willing to allow for those that many um, variables in that game if it's supposed to be an exclusive to sell this platform for a casual audience. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they could definitely bring in like some of those like like different features and stuff that that's you know, keep them apart from, like, standard shoes and stuff. I just, it's, it, 
it's hard to tell. I mean, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm coming from I'm, an outside experience yeah. perspective, so I I'm not too familiar with VR shooters just at, at all. Uh, I just but... I just I'm I've been burned by so many VR games that I'm like Mar- there's a Marvel it's called Marvel Power United VR and it's an Oculus Rift exclusive and it's selling you on this fantasy where you can play as any Marvel hero and like if you pick the Hulk your camera's going to be way way up high and you're taller than everybody else and you can play it in multiplayer and I was so excited but because that's supposed to be it was bundled with the Rift like they want casual players to play it like I picked up Spider-Man you can't even swing it's so basic he plays just like everybody else <laughs> and those are the kind of um considerations that have to be made whenever you're designing a game around people who are not used to VR yeah it's VR still in its infancy and it has to, we obviously have to go through these things to get people adapted to VR but like now that I have my VR legs and I'm like so experienced with VR and I, I like to play more experimental things yeah. that really push the boundaries mm-hmm. I don't know how I feel about this yeah well, I think now at the point, I mean, just going back to what we were just talking about earlier, I mean, the, now that we're actually getting to the point where VR is truly becoming like the movie experience, like what people are used to, like, oh, they just put on a headset and then they can run around a room and it's all of a sudden this brand new world, you know, that kind of thing. I mean, we're kind of getting to that. I don't think we'll ever get that far, but we're getting to that kind of area where it's like things are finally becoming less cumbersome. It's not like you have to set up a whole room specifically for your VR. You don't have to, you know, uh, set up you know like camera posts and things like that anymore it's it's getting to the point now where it's more accessible um you know like functionally um so then more people are over time going to want to hop into it more and are considering it so i think over time there's going to be more support for it and you know uh, we're going to get just better triple a experiences in general yeah and Um, of course we're barely reaching that point no disrespect to any previous oculus exclusives like Rebel recall but the first triple a vr exclusives that are supposed to sell systems are not coming out they're coming out this fall for the first time asgard's wrath is going to be a story focused norse mythology adventure where you can switch between a warrior on the floor and then like a giant godlike creature at will stormland is an insomniac open world game like that should be enough to sell you on that game and now we have a medal of honor game coming with a full campaign and multiplayer next year not to mention Another great benefit to VR games that something a lot of people overlook is the fact that you actually have to interact with these games. You are getting exercise as you play these games. Yeah, and of course, some games are more intensive of workouts than others, but yep. yeah, I mean, I think the physicality of VR really is really what sells these experiences. Oh, yeah. And it's VR is getting adopted way faster than I thought because it's very hard to sell these experiences without having somebody in the headset. If you show VR gameplay on, on a 2D device, it looks kind of janky. But if you're if you're in that headset, you're there. Yeah, I'm waiting for I'm waiting for Sega and Bandai Namco to remake their light light gun games in VR. Give me a House of Dead in VR. Oh, speaking of Sega, Keith, I don't know if I ever told you about this, but uh, the Sega Genesis Classics Collection on like PC and PS4 and all the consoles has VR support. You mentioned that before. Yeah, it puts you in like a cool '90s bedroom. You sit on the floor and you put the cartridges in, and you can just play on on a CRT. (laughs) I think that's really cool. Thought I'd mention that. If I ever take out the Rift S, you know, now that it's obsolete, you know. I, I think a Rift S is still worth having just because it's a nice headset. It is a quality experience. Well, if you're thinking about picking out. up one today, if, you, if somebody <laughs> was going to pick one up today, would buy you buy it? Quest. No. Yeah, I was going to say, based on what both of you have said at this point, it doesn't sound like it's worth it at all. <laughs> yeah, I think if you have one, you should just get rid of it. Like, I'm sorry, just sell it. <laughs> it just It's only a few months down the line. We're already reaching this point where the quest is overtaking it. Yeah. It's only going to get better. Thanks, yeah. Facebook. Thanks well, for that. <laughs> well, that was a lot of VR talk. So let's move on to State of Play, because that happened this week. We got some pretty substantial announcements, I think, and some smaller things that nobody was really expecting. So 
Last of Us Part Two happened, obviously, but I want to save that till the end of this bit because I want to give focus to some of the other smaller things that were shown off. You guys have any highlights from this show? Personal highlights? Uh, I just thought it was weird the first game that yeah, they Yeah, Humankind. That I was, wanted to talk about that. What, that was what the you, opener. <laughs> what is this? Well, because that was what they showed whenever they announced State of Play, and I thought it was just a cute little graphic for the announcement. But no, that yeah, was a game. Thought, yeah. yeah, I thought they were just doing that like just as like an art thing. But uh, I was like, oh, okay, that was actually a game. I have no idea what you do. <clears> it seems <throat> like it's probably going to be as about as vague as like everything. Like, oh, I the, love that like, game that too. Game. Yeah, yeah, that game. <laughs> so, yeah, this uh, looks like a, like a high concept like art piece game you know and i love those kind of things yeah you have any thoughts on humankind no i was looking at it and i was like well yeah what this is, is this? this was a really interesting game to start off with and then i went what the hell is this and then i just basically went okay whatever it's it's something okay let's go with it i i, I didn't really care too much for that no <laughs> not at all i thought it was really weird so uh, Medieval got a demo, obviously announcing State of Play, but we talked about that earlier. Um, what Tom got a release date. I feel like I'm the only one that's excited about this. No, 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 no. I am a big, big fan. Oh, are you? Of, Thank yes. you, somebody. Finally, <laughs> this is the next game from the guy who made Katamari. How I was is like, nobody talking I was like, I'm getting Katamari vibe from this. The music, uh, the presentation, everything. Well, because they showed this a few years ago, and it's been in development hell for like ever. But now it has a release date, and it's only a few months out. Yeah, I can't wait for this. I still don't know what you do in this game. I think you make friends with inanimate objects, which that sounds right up my alley. This game's going to be awesome, I think. No one's, no one's giving it any attention. I would have rather had another uh, Katamari. I, for like, the, but I love this, Katamari. I'll take this. this. I feel like it's been done to death. I, I want him to be able to do new things, and this looks awesome. No, keep doing the same thing. Keep yeah, the same game that. every year. $60. Microtransaction. Annual. No. Are you referring to the, the game on iOS and Android? Rob, do you have thoughts on, on what's on? I, uh, all right. Nobody get shocked when I say this, but I never played Katamari Dynasty at all. That's fine. Hey, no, no. That was a niche I, game. It's not a Very niche. I know, I, I know I, but there's been a few. You never played any Katamari games? Nope. Not one. You should, you should like, remedy that. You should go listen yeah. to the music, if anything. <laughs> just go listen to the music. I'm aware of, like, the music and how kooky it is. And it looks it's, it's, great. We all I have just, gaming blind spots, but I probably I've, try I've, one of those games out. It's on Switch and PC. Yeah. I've just never tried it before. I Yeah, those are interesting games. But yeah. I'm glad that we're finally getting this game. Any, anything else from State of Play you guys want to touch on before we go to Last of Us? Because that's going to be a conversation, I think. Uh, <laughs> you go first. Kind of a first. short show, right? Like, not much happened. Yeah, it was about 20 minutes. I mean, the only other thing was, like, the Modern Warfare story. That was, like, the Oh, can we talk about that? Other thing. That looked yeah. awesome. It does look good. There I, were, I'm... like, cutscenes and characters. Do you want me to talk about Modern Warfare? Do you really want me to? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. I'm pissed. How's that? Oh, is the... this about the survival mode? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. A whole year. An entire year. This, this, the this, next this, yeah. will be out. This is the exact same crap that Activision pulled off with Bungie that we didn't get Destiny content for the Xbox because they wanted to keep it on the PlayStation. And this is exactly yeah. why Bungie was like, you know what? We are out of here. You're keeping, and even though you can argue with me and say it's just one little slice of the game. It's a significant no, mode. You're yeah. making me pay $60 for this game that everybody's paying $60 for this game on the PlayStation, Xbox, and PC. But they get the full game and we get something that's missing something no that is not cool and yeah. the time that gets out to us the next call will be out. out it's it's obsolete by then 
They did the yeah. same stuff with Destiny 2. We're finally getting PlayStation 4 Destiny 2 content as Shadowkeep is coming out. But that's just Destiny 2 stuff is just like a few armor sets and like an exotic or two, right? But for those who were collecting that stuff, they couldn't get it. Yeah, but I feel like survival being only on this PS4 is worse. for a yeah, whole this year is, terrible. is much, much worse. I feel like this is crap. survival yeah. maps, that would be fine. I'm glad that Xbox and PC players get multiplayer maps day and date now. That's I feel like that's a little more significant, but like yeah. the whole survival mode being locked and, to one point. And they're trying to downplay it. You're going, it's not a big deal. I'd rather get 90% of something than 100 or I feel so than, sorry for the I'm like, that's No, that's terrible. Like, no, that is terrible. So much hate right yeah. now. And and they it's literally a, it's a publisher it above their head. Oh, I felt so bad. It's insane. coming off of that, the, the everyone's impressions of that beta was were so glowing. Everyone loved this game, I feel. Mm -hmm. And then this news hit. Yeah, it won't stop the sell of the game. Look oh, at Borderlands Three. Yeah, no, it, it won't, won't stop it. it. There'll really be a lot of people that are complaining about it. People buy it. Yeah, this is the price I mean, you pay for crossplay for everybody. Is they they have to take that one mode away from everybody else? No, yes. it's not even crossplay. It's Activision <laughs> being Activision. They they, yeah. they they can't help but not be asses. And I'm sorry, that's just wrong to the consumers. That's a slap in the face, and it's a slap in the face to the developers too. They didn't ask for this. Yeah, and it's gonna taint their game now. Yep. People yeah. are gonna. Oh man, it's just an unfortunate situation, and I hate talking about stuff like this. It's just, it's so, it makes me frustrated because these developers pour their heart and souls into these games, but then the publishers are like, yeah, let's just only make part of it on one platform, and then people get really mad at them, and it's really not their fault. It's a publisher thing. Yeah, well, the whole situation just sucks. Money talks. Yeah, man, AAA game development. <sighs> uh, the story. Space trailer. Channel. Wait, but you guys didn't talk about the best game oh, out Space of Channel Five VR. Space Channel Five. Come on. That PlayStation VR highlight reel was pretty weak, in my opinion. Yeah, it was. But I, when I saw Space Channel 5, I was like, wait, what? Space Channel 5. I feel like that's a good game for VR. I feel like that's suited for it. Are yeah. you excited it, for LA Noir VR? Oh, again? I, I thought they were, <laughs> yeah, again. I thought they were going to make like a, expand it onto a full game and not just yeah. like the three or four cases, but now it's just a port. Yeah, I literally, like, I heard the music and I was like, oh, are they actually doing more? Like, because it was going on for a long time. I was like, this is a long trailer for something that's been released. It's just a port, multiple yeah, times of, like, already. a two-year-old game. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a great, like, the four cases that are in LA Noir VR are awesome. And that oh, game yeah. is really cool in VR. But, man, just a port, really? Yeah. Make the full game. Come on. Do it, you cowards. <laughs> <laughs> but, man, that Modern Warfare story trailer, I mean... The fact that they have ex Naughty Dog people working at uh, Infinity War for the story shows, I, th I think. Yeah. I feel like Captain Price showed a lot of, of character in this trailer. Yeah, the characters and actually like interacting with each other. Yeah, like they do things that aren't just shooting people. Yeah. And or some gameplay is like surface from like the the campaign missions. And there's one mission I want to highlight. It's called Townhouse, and you go up a really really like it's a, a multiple story townhouse, but like it's really cramped and it's night vision and like you you and your squad barely fit on the staircase and it looks. Awesome, and I can't wait to get my hands on this game. Yeah, single yeah. player has really surprised me this time around. Mm -hmm. And I, I love the single player from like the old Call of Duty games, and like the original Modern Warfare had a wonderful campaign. Like it was so it that was whole so trilogy is awesome. Yeah, it's so much fun, and I'm glad now that it's actually like coming back as like a substantial mode. Yeah. Like they're actually putting time into creating a narrative that's it's enjoyable. just like seeing the, the scenes they chose to show in that trailer were they they really they chose to not show traditional Call of Duty stuff of like war zones and fighting and combat it was captain price and all the other characters yeah. talking having conversations and interacting and that was something that never really happens in call of duty yeah which is to its benefit too because i mean they've kind of said before that they want this to be like the the, the effect of war on people like it's going to be gritty and yada yada but like, like that one scene when price like walks down that alleyway and like raises his hands and people have him at gunpoint that was yeah. so cool 
It's not something you expect from Call of Duty at all. Like that's yeah. not a scene you it would ever like thought would be a game. It looked like a story that they're going yeah. to tell, and that excites me. Yeah, it's it's good. I'm excited for it, and I mean, I'm I'm glad because I I love playing Call of Duty campaign. Um, yeah, at that. least just based off of the older games. So this this excites me a lot. I'm 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 glad. Yeah, yeah. I'm just glad that they learned their lessons from last year and given us a single player content. Because I didn't really play much of Call of Duty <laughs> Black Ops. I was like. Yeah, this is boring now. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it, but they they killed it with post-launch monetization and loot boxes and pay-to-win guns, and that's probably gonna happen to Modern Warfare. So get in there on that launch month before they add them in, and there you go. That's that's Modern Warfare. Yeah, they did also mention that they're gonna do more than just like yeah, they're gonna they're gonna they're for... gonna put guns in the loot boxes, and it's gonna yeah. ruin the game. Well, granted, so, I think they're all balanced pretty well, at least from big dude. There are some pay-to-win guns in Black Ops Four, yeah. and I do not put it past them to put pay-to-win guns in Modern Warfare. Yeah, it's Activision. You you know it's gonna be there. Come on now. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be in yeah. there. Unfortunately. All right, we we delayed it long enough. Let's talk about it. The, the last Alpha in the Road Two comes out in February. Where are we at on this game, guys? Uh, I'm not going to work for the entire week. So yeah. you guys won't. You guys will not see me. <laughs> Can we talk about how like open those levels looked? This game's oh, yeah. gonna be on two discs, guys. It's a linear game. Red oh, yeah, it's going to be on two discs. It's going to be on two discs. You know it's going to be on one download, so have fun with that. Yeah. <laughs> Not yeah. fine. It's on disc. They said it's, they've said it's going to be their biggest game ever, like, in terms of scope, and that excites me because the open world part of Lost Legacy, Uncharted, had me uh, engaged for a long time, and more so yeah. than I thought it would. And I really hope that they have really wide open chapters where you're going to and from places and back and forth and you're picking up objectives. I think that'd be really cool. I feel like The Last of Us is a game about traveling and journeys, so, like, yeah. I feel like getting to experience going from one place to another without cutscenes would be really, really cool. Plus Ellie, man. I love that character so much. And I, I just I just want to get into the action. The yeah. action that we saw. I just I just want to get into the world and just and I hate saying it because it sounds so wrong, but I just want to get in there and start killing people. Yeah, me too. Because it looks <laughs> this is gonna sound equally as messed up, but it looks like they die in really cool ways. Like the last <laughs> of us part one had some brutal executions. Like yeah. you can kill people with bricks in that game. Yeah. This looks insane. Yeah, it looks so like incredibly visceral and stuff. And I, I've, I, I like the combat from the first one, obviously, and it, 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 it just looks more of that. And just as like visceral, like vulnerable, and and just like every moment counts. You have to be very careful, especially if you played like The Last of Us on the harder difficulties, which I enjoyed a lot because a lot of the scenarios in in the first game. Are really intense like the like the hallways and stuff are are really well built and you have to really think about what you're gonna do especially with like resource management so if they bring more of that into the into this next game i'm i'm gonna be super excited because i, I have really to go back great. and play the first one again i played i'm oh, go back to, i played the first one when it first came out and i did nothing but play that game and then i got sad when it was over and then a couple years later remastered came out and i bought it but you know where this is going. That game is better I, in every single way. I never played it because I was like, I already played oh, this yeah. game. I'm not going to play it again. But now I really want to play it again. It looks like a PlayStation 4 game, not a PS3 game. That's that's how well that game holds up. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's playing like 60 <sighs> FPS. Oh, man. Beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah. I love that. I mean, I love how quiet the combat encounters are in the first game. Because it's, it's, it's something they did in Uncharted 4 as well. Like, enemies can lose track of you. So I feel like it's like hide-and-seek style fights where, like, yeah. He'll take a few shots, and then he'll like crouch behind something, and he'll wait for enemies to lose tra- sight of you, and they'll be like, "Where is he?" And they're walking around. There's like no music, which I really like. Yes, it's, yeah, it's tense. I was gonna mention like the lack of score 
in in like the entirety of the last of us like almost every scenario that you're in where it's the it's way silence. the gameplay is it's it's so tense because of that reason there's yeah. nothing like kind of like what like a gunshot has forward. impact yeah. like whenever you shoot a gun it's it's loud and it's yeah. it's meaningful i you know what i need to find out i need to find out i need to ask i'm gonna ask them on twitter i wonder if the last of us 2 is going to support atmos it's been mostly an Xbox One push this generation, hasn't it? Yeah, you know, but the PlayStation 4 does support that. And I think yeah, and Battlefield... The, the first one, they um, they have, like, headset profiles for it where you can really go in and customize the audio and things like that. I feel like Naughty Dog, of any developer, would have Atmos support. I mean, or, like, it's not kind of necessary. I mean, you still have Dolby Digital, but if it has Atmos support, oh, my God. You know how good that would sound? How amazing that would sound? This game just... It looks unbelievable like when, when i first played red dead redemption 2 i was like no game can is going to top this for a while technically but man the more i see of this game it's i don't know if i'm more excited for the story or the gameplay and that's it's the story more, it's the story but that gameplay looks awesome though like naughty dog gameplay is great i feel like thematically it, may, it might not be the most responsive or like it's no titanfall but yeah i feel like it it really puts you the combat puts you in that world in ways that other games don't i just want to see who dies this game's gonna be nuts, man. This trailer has yeah. got me like, is it Joel who dies? Is it? Yeah, that was off camera. It's they're trying to yeah. mislead us, I think. Yeah, it's like, is it? Is it? Is it the girl who dies? Who dies? Somebody dies. Yeah. Although, One thing I, I want to touch on real fast before we move on from Last of Us is there's not going to be any multiplayer. Good. I don't know about that because uh, did you like play Factions in Last of Us? I, I had no interest in it. Factions is one of the most unique multiplayer modes I have ever played. And I do not want it to go away. Yeah, but I don't want it to be another Uncharted multiplayer as well. It wasn't like Uncharted multiplayer. It was though, so different. It was like... unique. It, it had yeah. there was limited lives. Like you had to really work with your squad. It had this really cool thing where you could link with your Facebook and populate your camp with your friends. The whole the whole point of factions is like it, it has a story to it. You pick either the Fireflies or or the the what's the other faction in that game? They had they had a name for them. It was just like the, oh. the bandits out there, but they had a name for them. Anyway, oh, yeah, you, right. you would just you would pick that camp and you would survive seven weeks and like every like ten every seven days is um like a week and you would have to get supplies from kills and pick up supplies off of fallen enemies. Otherwise, people in your camp would get sick and die, and you would have to make it through that that period of time. And I think that it's really cool that the narrative is like the multiplayer is narratively justified. I love multiplayer modes like that where it's not just this is a deathmatch with nothing behind it. This is like. This is a part of this world still, even though it's just a deathmatch going on in some yeah. part of this world. It is, it is the last of us still, and I think that's really important. Luckily, the people who have worked on the multiplayer from the original Last of Us have said that like they still have ideas they want to do, and I think that's going to result in like a standalone factions kind of thing, maybe free to play. Yeah, but I, man, really I, cool. I, especially with like the stuff they've shown gameplay wise in the Last of Us Part Two, like being able to go prone, being able to jump, things like that. I want multiplayer with that. And now that uh, Last of Us is free with PlayStation Plus for the month of October, I really hope the factions uh, servers get a little more populated because I know I'm going to hop back in. I just think more people should play Last of Us multiplayer because everybody always talks about the story and the campaign and those characters, but man, that multiplayer was impeccable. Yeah, it was really fun. I mean, I, I played it for a little bit just on the remastered portion of it, and I still enjoyed it a lot. I was like, this is really fun. It's great. On one hand, I'm glad they're focusing all their resources on single player. A two-disc linear yeah. single player campaign is... That's substantial, I think. But man, another part of me is sad to see Factions gone. But I yeah. feel like in The Last of Us 2 Part 2 Remastered on PlayStation 5 or whatever they do, next <laughs> gen we will see Factions again. So, question for you. Have you guys pre-ordered the game yet then? Oh yeah, I have the collector's edition on pre-order. Yep. 
Yep, same here. I yep. almost got the Ellie edition, but I don't think I would get much use out of that backpack. Yeah, that's I don't like think, the only difference. I don't think there was an option at the time that I did it because I tried to go to Amazon and it was like, yeah, we're sold out. So I got it from Best Buy. Of course, Best Buy charged you yeah. right away, but it's fine. There was also that statue that I'm looking at. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's its own thing though, right? You can buy that st- separately. Nope, they're all sold out. They're yeah, completely. They're so, oh, I'm not. I'm not surprised after that showing. They're gone. Any, I want to go. Look, I want to go to the site, selling. and it was like, nope, it's gone. I was like, oh, okay. I bet that was limited though. I think that was an outbreak day item. Probably was. Yeah. Probably was. Yeah. Man, that game is gonna be nuts when it drops in February. I just hope that. Can we can we talk about how stacked Spring is? I just hope the PlayStation Four is up to the task of running this damn game. I think the Pro will. I think it'll struggle on on base. Even though they say they're they're optimizing it for the base PS4, everyone says that and they always struggle. It's going to be 30 FPS. Don't say that. Hold this on. game well, deserves more than that. Well, you'll get to play it in 60 FPS on PlayStation 5 yeah, when the eventual remaster drops. <laughs> uh, don't say that. Don't give or them the, ideas. Or the PlayStation 5 performance patch because they're doing backwards compatibility. Dude, you're nuts if you don't think we're going to see this game on PS5. Oh no, Death Stranding no. too. That's, that's oh, on no. PS5. And I'm going to buy it again. But uh, moving on from The Last of Us. Can we actually know, even do that? I mean, what? They end, they end it with Last of Us too. Can we move on from that? Well, what else yeah. do we have to talk about? There's another game we have to discuss before we close the show. Oh, what's that? Yeah. Something not as great as The Last of Us, but I still feel is pretty good. We've all had some time with Ghost Recon Breakpoint, haven't we? Uh, these, uh, well, you've had a little bit of time, Keith. You, you are a little <laughs> bit. Yeah. I, I got <laughs> shot down. I killed a couple guys. I got... I saw a bunch of overpowered people. I tried to kill the people they sent after me, and then my PC went, you're not playing anymore. Ah, That's so pretty much the breakpoint experience. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Rob, how much how much time have you put in this game? Uh, uh, it was like, I want to say about four or five hours, because I only played that one day. Um, Did you play through to the like end of the beta missions? I didn't quite make it, because I actually just enjoyed running around, which was something yeah. I wasn't really ready for, because Wildlands... I didn't really like just yeah, me either. kind of running around was what I expected the game was going to be about because I mean that game didn't even really focus on the story other than that first like intro cinematic where they there pretty much was to... no story in Wildlands yeah they tried to build up this guy that just to, it, nobody cared about anyway uh, but well yeah actually in this game and I will touch on story in a minute because that I actually feel is much improved but I just wanted to run around because this is the type of the game where they, uh, the story is no matter how good it is, it's always going to kind of be a back burner anyway, because you're just going to want to run around and do things. So I, that's basically what I did. Um, and so I kind of finished the tutorial, got to the hub and everything, picked up some new gear or whatever. And then I just kind of ran around and did stuff and, and did some of the side missions and whatever. And it, it was actually a lot of fun. I got a lot of like Just Cause vibes from it, um, more so than I did from Wildlands, just because it actually it, it like feels like functionally better. In a lot of ways, um, you can actually kind of traverse a lot easier. You don't kind of get hung up on the on the on the scenery a lot or any of the environment. Um, I I enjoy just kind of running around and just taking out random folks. And I like the the higher level enemies actually present like a, a solid challenge. Like you can't just like cheese them out or anything like that. They're they're gonna outflank you. They're gonna think. They're gonna you know, try and get you to the point where you, you struggle and you, you actually want to run away and kind of regroup and everything. So um, what difficulty are you playing on? Because I feel like that's an important question for this kind of game. I believe I started on standard and then I think I moved up to the one advanced. that's like slightly above that. Yeah. yeah. I feel like if you're going to play Ghost Freak on Breakpoint, advance is a must because this game's a joke on regular. 
Yeah. It, all the, yeah. the tactical ghost recon stuff goes out the window on regular, which I mean, if you want to like have a, a, an easier experience and the, all, more power to you, but like, if you want that, I'm out here, I'm outnumbered, I'm alone and I have to outthink my enemies and outsmart them. You want to play on advanced. Yeah. Yeah. So I did that at some point. I remember I bumped it up a bit. Um, and I mean, that's perfectly fine. Cause like, if you, if you bring it back down to experience the story, it makes sense because in this game, there's actually like a tangible villain and there's yeah, actually there like, are characters that say things to each other. Yeah. And it is actually like, you, you know, you feel like you want to progress the story at least in some way, because it's not just like they say, here's a bad guy. But then there's also places that you can just take. And so, like, that was all of Wildlands. It's just like you go find yeah. a place and take it. All of like, Wildlands, you're trying to take down a bad guy you've never seen until the very end, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, it was just like worse Far Cry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, uh, but, yeah, th- at least in this game, like, it actually feels like there's a villain and there's, there's like, objectives that you want to complete that actually progress towards trying to get after, you know, John Bernthal's character, which I think he plays really well. Um, I'm really excited for it. The performance is so great, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, just because he... he, he actually feels like gary it's not just like some tattooed archetype <laughs> that you know i keep crapping on wildlands but you know wildlands is pretty much just stereotype the video game yeah that is, that is the most like bog standard triple a video game i think i've ever played and granted you still play as a uh, big gruff grunt man who yeah, it's is... the same guy from wildlands <laughs> yeah. and your squad is there i mean like some of them get injured some of them get killed off very very early but it's still that squad yeah not that they have very much character to begin with but yeah not particularly yeah, I, i'm really liking my time at breakpoint i i think i'm the opposite way i mean i enjoy running around but my main problem with wildlands is i didn't feel it was very focused i feel like it just dropped into a absolutely massive world and was like take down this cartel in any way you see fit which is an interesting idea on paper but i feel like the gameplay got very repetitive yeah you like scout for intel and then it would give you a mission and then you do the mission and then it would reveal that person's location and then you go shoot them but in Breakpoint, like, there's a structure to it, and there's a story, and it, it immediately drops you into the story. There's main missions. Um, it's, it's essentially, a, you can play it as a campaign if you want, pretty much, just going from mission to mission. Yeah. I feel like in, in my short time with uh, Breakpoint, I played through, I gave you, like, five or six main missions to play in the beta. Um, I've, I've done a lot more, like, focused sneaking than I have than in Wildlands. Like, I infiltrated compounds. Like, it, yeah. I got Metal Gear Solid Five vibes, which I feel like is what they were going for with Wildlands. But yeah. Here, so especially that's the I, thing with the stealth is that it, it's much it's improved yeah much improved from what it used to be and you know it's not it's not like um you know you just kind of shoot one guy and then everyone knows you're there and then you have to like run around yeah. and kind of all chaos you can actually like be smart about taking out certain guys and you know you could go through like a whole outpost undetected you know that kind of thing um so it actually feels like it it matters that you want to you know go and stuff yeah and i think just like the removal of ai teammates up. is like I, I like that feature because I hated the squad in Wildlands. Um, yeah. Once they added an option to turn them off, I did. Uh, people are kind of mad that they're taking out the AI squad, but I feel like the AI in that game is like dumb. I feel like the three squad mates would were only useful when I told them what to do. Otherwise, they just kind of got in my way. Yeah. I, I feel like here it really reinforces that you are alone. You are one of the few remaining survivors of, of this crash, and you are on this island by yourself. But then you go into a social hub with like 30 other players, so yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I guess narratively is justified because there are some other survivors, but like, unless you're playing with co-op, no squad. They're yeah. going to add it in a patch post-launch because people got mad, but just you. And I feel like yeah. that makes it better, in my opinion, because I feel like I have more control over what's going on and I don't have to worry about the AI and like pick them up, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I'm sure people were just up in arms on that because it's not typical of Ghost Recon to just not, yeah, to not a have squad a squad for you to command. The squad and... plays like at the core of the experience, but I prefer yeah. to play this with real people instead of AI. Yeah. 
Um, Story-wise, man, I'm really liking it. I, I feel like John Berthold's character, Walker, is a, a great villain. I feel like the more I see it... In the beginning, I thought, okay, this is going to be a pretty standard shooter game story. You know, bad guy, he does bad things, but they have flashback sequences. They He has a relationship with your character, Nomad. Like, they, yeah. they have been with each other. Like, they've done things. Um, like, there's a history there. Yeah. And you can see it, especially in the performances. Like, John Bernthal, he looks like he doesn't want to be doing what he's doing, but, like, he feels like he has to. Yeah. He, he's a villain that feels like he's the good guy, and those are the best kind Very of villains. Very anti-hero, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, like, his his missions in Wildlands, they put it in this, like, a prequel kind of thing. He was kind of generic in those, but, man, the more I see of him in Breakpoint... I'm I'm actually very very interested to jump back in when this game launches and like finish that campaign. I want to see where it goes. I want to see what happens. And I think the premise of like being on this island overtaken by by a former ghost, like it, it's like the what they try to do with the black black tusk in the division two. Like they have your gear, they have your strategies. They're essentially just you, but on the other side. And I think that's really yeah. cool. Um, g- gameplay wise, like it's the same as Wildlands, but refined. I feel driving yeah. a little better, but still awful. Yeah, the driving is still very bad, very shaky. Like it's so ambiguous how it how it like handles the road. It's just it's bad. But I will uh, commend them for actually making the, the helicopter relatively easy to control. Yeah, that's, which yeah, is it flies well. A big improvement. Yeah. So like it improves our wildlands, but I want to talk about this game's identity issue. I think because it's pushing this hardcore survival kind of thing where you're alone behind enemy lines but then you have the social hub and there's loot dropping and you can buy a sports car in the store and you can summon it at your camp like i don't know yeah. how i feel about that i feel yeah, like it is a little weird tonally just because it's kind of like uh on one hand it's it's a just cause you can kind of roam around build up this fortune and kind of play it you know chaotically as, as much as you want but at the same time they're just pushing this narrative of very serious like survival you need to take out this bad guy like um, and then they, they push the story onto you, but at the same time, you can just kind of, it's kind of like how GTA is sometimes where they try to push a story that's very serious or whatever has serious tones, but then you run around and you shoot people, you know, however you want to do It's kind of similar. Yeah. In but that... GTA, I feel like that, like that's satire and they know it's satire and they push yeah. it in that kind of way where silly things can still happen in, in the restraints of this world. But yeah, I feel like with Breakpoint their their game is aiming for a very, very serious tone, but the gameplay doesn't really mesh well with that. And I feel like the marketing for this game, especially like they did a live action trailer with Lil Wayne where like he goes, he's playing the game and he goes AFK and they do funny bits with that. Like, that's not really what this game is about. I feel. Yeah. I, I just, I, I just think that's an interesting point to bring up. Yeah. But I think also at the same time, it's, it would be hard to market this game as a serious, like uh major shooter just because, you know, I mean, they tried to do that with Wildlands and it, that game. That game kinda, sold like crazy. It sold yeah, like it crazy, did. but it fell off immediately. No, that game has a very dedicated uh, fan base. Like, we don't see them very often because they only play Wildlands, but well, people are dedicated to that game. There are some yeah. Ghost Recon fans out there, a lot of them actually. Um, but yeah, I feel like Breakpoint for me is a lot better than Wildlands, and I'm actually going to finish this one this time around, I think. Because I, I fell off of Wildlands hard. Because it's just there's too much of not that great content in that game. Yeah. Breakpoint is really cool. It's just the PC version is a mess. And I feel like this is a bad launch for Uplay Plus, which I want to talk about. Because this is their... Uplay Plus launched last month. This is their subscription service where you get access to all their games on day one. This is the first AAA launch for Uplay Plus. And the PC version is a mess. That's not a good oh, look, I don't think. that's an understatement. Wow. It's so bad. It's bad on console, too. Oh, I want to talk about PvP. There's a PvP mode in this game. They added it post-launch in Wildlands, oh, and it's here right. day one. It's called Ghost War. It's 4v4, no respawns. It's a deathmatch. But, like, there's an objective in the middle that will reveal the other team on the map so you can see them. 
Um, I played a lot of it. This game crashed my PlayStation 4 five times. <laughs> that's five so times. And I played three hours. And that's when it, when it didn't crash, it would give me connection issues. Or I would get disconnected from my friends. Or it would um, put me in a game where the entire enemy team would leave and it wouldn't give us the victory. So we had to wait up a nine-minute timer. That's just crazy. PvP is not ready. And have they said anything about, hey, we know this nope. game is bad, nothing? Wow. Okay, look, Keith, the, way this, the state this game is in, PvP does not work. PvP is, like, needs at least six months more in the oven. There are a lot of bugs in the single-player PvE as well. The beta ends Monday. The game comes out Monday night. Yeah, I was going to say, I, the, the beta Ooh. is much more like a PR move. Than, the beta than, like, literally ends beta. hours before release. Like, this game is not That's like the first time I've ever heard of that then. Yeah, a couple days, maybe a week, maybe well, a month. Normally with like betas like these, the open beta will close like a few days or the week before launch. Right, right. But early access for this game starts on Tuesday if you buy the gold edition. So the game is out Tuesday. It's not ready. It's not ready to ship. It needs <laughs> it needs mm. polish and patches. That's a damn shame. Granted, the, the PvE experience, if you're just going to run through the missions and run the campaign with your friends and go around the open world, it, it's not bad at all. I mean, it, there's a, a, open world games have bugs. It's inevitable. Yeah. Stuff like animations walking out, things like that. Some dumb AI every now and then. It's playable. If you're going in for a PvP experience, don't. Hold off. It doesn't work. It, it's honestly one of the most broken PvP modes I've ever seen, yeah. ever. <laughs> but I like the concept of it. Yeah. I just, it was, it's not what I expect to get from that game anyway. I definitely am just going to go in for the open world and playing with friends and, you know, kind of doing the story and stuff. It's yeah. not something I would jump in for anyway. But to hear the stuff, I mean... They I, I, they said that they would at least like balance and like take out some of the, the perks and stuff, which is fine. Um, but other than that, it it doesn't look any challenging or anything like that. It just kind of looks meh. So. Yeah. I plus <laughs> like I don't know how much the loot is going to factor into like gameplay later in the game because as it stands right now in the early game, it's pretty pointless. Your yeah. score doesn't really have that much of an effect. Um, but like I know there's going to be a raid for this game. That's that's new. That's weird for Ghost Recon, I think, to have a raid, four-player yeah. raid, with yeah. matchmaking. Keith, I know that you're happy to hear that. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still pissed off at the Division 2. I'm so mad at that game because I love the game, and then it just... That game fell off, man. So, so hard. hard. So damn hard. It's like, oh, what's that game? Division 2? What are you doing? Nothing. That only came out six months ago, man. That feels like it was years ago. <laughs> yeah, literally, like, so long ago. And it, it pisses me off. It's like, you spent this money, in. It feels like you didn't get your money's worth. Like, uh, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of content in that game. I feel like there's a sixty dollars game in there. And all the all the news they came out and all the updates and stuff to was like, eh, I don't care anymore. Yeah, I tried to jump in, but like, it's it's just too much. It's I'm not doing it. But yeah, Ghost Recon Breakpoint. I feel like it's pushing for that kind of vibe. It's just with obviously a more tactical kind of approach to it. It's just, I feel like those two aspects of the game are clashing with each other. It's same issue I got had with Anthem, where that game single player and multiplayer kind of soured both parts of that experience but like ghost recon is just a tone thing so if you can get past that there's a good game here i think just mired and there's some technical issues um there's a good story this time around there's a lot of good gameplay i'm very happy with the way this game turned out and i want to play it on friday when it launches yeah but that's that on ghost recon and that is actually that for all of our topics so we made it through another show guys wait we're out we're yeah, done that's it oh man oh yeah i know we got to stop talking about video games oh man <laughs> you know damn it i mean there's nothing else we can talk about. Literally I mean, unless, nothing. Unless you have something up your sleeve. There's oh, nothing else. On considering that? that I'm wearing a tank top, no. Oh, I don't, nothing. No secrets nothing, in there. No, no, unfortunately. Oh, it's almost like we do this show weekly, and if you want more video game like news and opinions and hot takes, you should come back next week. 
Yeah, Ooh. just no, you know, stay tuned. Like, yeah, next and, week on and Dragon wanna, Ball Z. If you want to hear more about Ghost Recon Breakpoint, you can go read my impressions on theouterheaven.net too. That's cool. Ooh. You can totally do that. Yeah, and check out Keith's review of the search too when that goes up too. Whenever yeah. that goes up, yeah, bookmark it, homepage. Yeah. But seriously though, uh, uh, Destiny Two, Shadow Keith, who's jumping on this Tuesday? I don't know if I'll have time, but I'll be on like this weekend for sure. I'll, I'll I mean, this week on, I'm preloaded. Yeah, I'm, so. I'm there. I feel like we're all gonna be there. Yeah. I can't wait. I get to have a fire team to actually do stuff because oh, yeah, other people were on it. Other people on the site were playing, and then they they stopped playing it. Yeah, that bothered me with Destiny One a lot because I always wanted to do a raid and nobody was around. Yep, I didn't get to do any of the raids. None of the raids made me so salty. Was some good raids too. I was yeah, they got some good stuff. And it's like nope, nobody wants to play with you, Keith. It must be your deodorant or something. Sorry. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, all right. Going to well, be a lot of Destiny talk next week for sure yeah, from all three of us. So I think. much. Fun. I, I always love it when we all play one game and bring it to the show. I feel like that's like when we did that with Control. That was a great bit. Yeah. Yeah, I expect a lot of Shadowkeep talk next week. But for this week, that is it for the show. So for for me, Keith and Rob, this is us signing off. RTX 2080 Super.